Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Superhero Finder podcast. Now, I'm Matt Wilson, I'm your host, and I'm scouring the cosmos, as always, looking for interesting people with really cool inspirational stories to tell. And reminding us that we're all human and strength can come from many places as well. So hopefully by listening to this, you can take something away for yourself today and maybe even something to help somebody else with their day as well. So I'm very pleased to have with me today, Katie Smith, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm really good, Matt. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, we were just catching up a little bit before because actually we met, how long will that be ago since we met now? Uh, probably a good 18 months, I think. I think it was about 18 months, maybe about a year, something like that. Yeah, I mean, time absolutely flies. We know the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. It might have been more than that. Yeah, I'm probably thinking it's more than that now. I'm like... <laughs> just, to give, just to give everyone that we understand that, but just to give people context. So we met at Ultraflex, so one of the gyms that I go to, and I was actually with a friend and client of mine. And and you were, I think, were you deadlifting beside us or were you, you were doing something on one of the racks beside us, weren't you? Yeah, I think I think I was pressing. I think I was pressing, yeah, at next year. Yeah. yeah and it's um it, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I do this but sometimes when people are training I I find myself like not watching them in a weird way like kind of I think because I love it so much that I'm really interested in what other people are doing but I had seen you before and I knew you from online so it was kind of I felt like a bit more at ease of maybe chatting to you does that make sense like yeah, yeah. It does, and you very kindly came over and just helped with a little bit of form for for, for myself to learn as well, um, which was really interesting process as a PT because there's a part of that thing that wants that ego to go, no, it's okay, I know what I'm doing, but I like to think yeah. I'm quite receptive to that. And actually, Danny is absolutely smashing it now. I was just saying before we came on. Um, and I think that's testament to to how you approach things and I you know I got that energy from you when when you um, started speaking to us but then to find out actually how strong you were I mean just tell us where you are in strength sports at the moment so uh, so last year it was kind of my first year where I think people knew I was so the year before I kind of I was under the radar uh, doing sort of like England's and Brits and things like that. And then this year um, I felt a little bit more pressure because people were aware who I was. Uh, I ended up having a really successful year, even off the back of um, a wrist injury that I picked up in the gym in January. So it was a bit hit and miss what was going to happen. Ended up going into England's um, and it was okay, I came fourth there, I was a little bit kicking myself, I made a couple of um, errors, but ended up still getting an invite to Brits, which was lucky, and I came second at Brits, which was brilliant. Uh, that qualified me for um, Arnold's, which I also came second again um, behind Lucy, and I did um, the Ultimate Strongman England's that I came second at, so lots of silver trophies last year, which was good. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what I'd be interested to know, and it'd be great if you could share just a little bit about it, is what got you into strength sports and, and kind of led you up to where you are now? So I had, so to put it in perspective, so I had a pop up, you know, on Facebook memories. I had my first competition this, actually this week or five years ago was my first novice comp. So I remember going into that comp very very nervous and green but 
prior to that and training for that, I had very little um, strength sports background and I didn't train I spent most of my 20s being a mum so I've got three boys that I had two of them very close together and then a bit of a gap so I spent quite a long time just being in sort of the rat race of being a mum and everything like that and I found myself really unhealthy not only my um sort of being overweight but also mentally um so I started going to the gym as I was exiting quite um, a rough relationship so I started training and doing all the things that I tell people not to do now so I went to the gym because I wanted and you're gonna laugh now Matt I wanted a I wanted a thigh gap that was that was the thing I grew up being a little bit plump and I was like I hated my legs so I wanted to be thin. So I went training at the gym, doing all the cardio and the classes and mums, bums and tums. That's so cringe, but I did that <laughs> class. Um, <laughs> and I kind of fell into trying to strength train. So I saw people in the gym uh, squatting and deadlifting. And I don't know, it just caught my eye. So I had a little go at it and I wasn't very good. And then a friend of a friend invited me to go to a powerlifting gym, which I went down to. And I was met by a a guy called Dave Richardson. And he was so lovely. Like he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. And because I was a single mum with three kids and one of them was in a pushchair, I was like, I know it's a lot to ask, but can I train at your gym? And he was like, yeah. So he helped me um, sort of work on deadlift form and squat and things like that to the point where sometimes when I was training, bless him, he used to walk the push chair up and, up and down outside because, wow. um, because my toddler Benjamin at the time, he was getting a little bit grizzly and stuff like that. And that's kind of where it started. So initially I was going to do powerlifting because I started doing these things and I just loved it. It kind of made me feel like I was more than a mum. And I say it now to people, like people always say, like, why do you do it? And I was like, because I used to just be a mum. And it's not that a mum's like not a good thing because my kids are my life. Like I live and breathe for them. But you need more in your life. You need to be mentally, mentally stimulated by something. And that was my thing. Um, I quickly found out that I was shocking at powerlifting, like as in, I didn't have the patience. I right, wanted okay, to be yeah. strong right away. And um, yeah, so I had a bit of a huff one session, like the belt went, everything went. And I walked outside and some guys were doing farmer runs outside this gym. Mm. It was in the little, so it was like, it was a tiny little gym uh, next to Edgborough power station. So you'll know where I mean. Yeah, yeah. And it was a social club and it was in there. It was really like close knit. Well, they were doing farmers and they were like, come on, come and have a go. So I gave it a go and I think I did like 50 kilos of hand on my first try and they were like, oh, you're really good. Like you've got a good grip. And I thought to myself, it's because I can never afford the bus and I have to walk home with my shopping. I mean, real life. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, that's those Aldi shops coming in. Um, So, yeah, so I started once a week doing a little bit of strongman training as well as sort of my, my other main lifts. And I just loved it. I don't, I, 
can't really explain to you. Well, you'll know because you do it. But when people ask you why you do it, there's just a buzz that you get out of doing it. Picking something really awkward up and being able to carry it yeah. is, is, is brilliant. Um, and then from there, um, Dave told me that I should compete. He said, you should do a competition. So to, like, to, to give me a goal to work towards. So I, I picked up a um, novice competition at Dominus in York. Yes. Um, so I went I went there bearing in mind the overhead press was 40 kilos and I couldn't do 40 kilos when I signed up for it yeah so that was how green I was so yeah. when you see people nowadays going you're super strong and I'm like yeah but I used to like only just push a bar on my head so um so yeah so long story short I trained for it went to the comp and I won it so wow and then that was it rest is history and that's that's really cool actually that being dominus as well i've got a comp my first comp of this year coming up at dominus as well mm. so it's it's a bit of synchronicity there you know that it is yeah that, it is how did it how did it feel then when you had gone from you know a challenging relationship and and juggling all the things and, and obviously having three kids and finding somewhere that was being so flexible for you and supportive and enabling you to kind of find this this inner strength to then winning something did that feel and i'm just going to be i'm going to be quite candid with this did it feel like you deserved that do you know what i felt like i deserved it because when i walked into the gym on the day of the competition there were women around me that i thought in my head looked stronger than me looked more athletic than me and I still had that slight body dysmorphia that I was fat and overweight. But in looking back at it, uh, when I did that comp, I was the lightest that I have competed at. So I was around 86 kilos when I first competed. And the last time I got on the scales before, before Christmas, I was 114 kilos. I'm dropped a little bit now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. So, oh. but uh, I think I'm around, I'm around one, I think about 110, 111 at the minute. But yeah, so that's a big, big jump. Mm. But it's in my head, I was, I was fat and it was, it, it was not going to happen. I doubted myself from the very first event. Yeah. Um, but I knew how much I'd worked for it and how much it meant to me. So it was very surreal getting on the podium and uh, and winning. But the, the kids' faces when I got home and showed them, just for me, made it worthwhile. Because you are right, you know, there'd be lots of parents that will um, sort of relate to, it's not, sometimes it's not just about going to the gym. It's physically like, right, I've got this amount of time or I need to get somebody to watch the kids or I've got this after school club or they're playing sports and all they're unwell. You know, it, there's lots of factors, you know. I I never, ever say to people there's no excuses because it's not excuses, it's called life, you know, and it gets in the way. So, yeah. That's, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. And, and I wanted... And I knew I could ask that question so strongly because that was 
that was what I wondered whether it had gone through your head because now I'm not a parent, so I'm going to say that now, so I'm not, but I understand that when you've got responsibilities and others that depend on you, it's very, very difficult to put yourself first. Some people find it very difficult to do anything for themselves. You obviously found the space to be able to, to know that it was worthwhile doing what you were doing. Yeah, and then it was. But also, even though I was doing that, I still very much felt guilty for maybe leaving the kids with my mum for a couple of hours and going and training. Or, do you know, it's, I were, I spent a long time thinking that if I wasn't being productive for the family, then I wasn't being productive. I wasn't like uh, contributing. Uh, and that was a really, really big thing to overcome. And I still have times now where I feel like um, I'm not getting the balance right. For, for instance, just yesterday, I went into my deadlift session and it went terribly. And I sat there and I was like, why didn't I get up and eat? But what I did do is I got up, made everyone pack ups, ran around after the kids, did ended up having to finish jobs that I'd not done the day before, didn't have anything prepped, went into Greg's, got two croissants, ate them on the way to the gym with my coffee, and then going, oh, why does 200 kilos feel like absolute? And it's because you can't train like that. And, and it, it, I'd fallen back into that, like, everyone's here and I'm here. Do you know what I mean? So it needed fixing. So I kind of scrapped the session. And luckily my partner, Rob, is fantastic. And he's like, what do we need to do to fix this? So we came up with a plan. We went shopping. I got everything in that I like, everything that's prepped. So today was a new day and I was able to get up. And the first thing I did was actually eat instead of thinking of all the hundred other things that I need to do. So it's really, really easy sometimes to slip back into old habits. I think sometimes people create new habits like myself. And then if they, if they do slip, they feel like they're failing. And it's not that it's just that we we're kind of programmed to, to give, aren't we? We give and give and give all the time. And then is there's that guilt attached sometimes to actually I need to take and I need to, you know, need a little bit of support. Whereas like me and my partner, every, we're not 50-50. Some days I might be 17 and he's 30. Some days he might be 100 and I'm absolutely zero. But that's how it works for us. So, but back then when I first started, it was, it was a bit of a torment for me sometimes. I'd have a good session and feel okay. But then if I had a bad session, then I felt like I was wasting my time a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Did you um, did you find that so that feeling of of being unproductive or that feeling of almost a bit of guilt about doing those sessions that didn't go well or something like you know? Did anyone say anything to help that feeling kind of concrete itself, or was it all internal? No. So at the very start my um my ex um still played a big part in my life um with the children being young and he would question what i was doing 
and I didn't I didn't kind of make that break you know so I was still allowing to be like uh, phone calls and messages and things like that you know just to get at me you know like when people unfortunately are really quite vindictive so I had that added pressure and it's like anything if someone says something enough to you you start believing it and at that point that's this is where I'm I was saying about sort of being mentally strong I wasn't but I was getting the physical strength so I was I was very uneven at that point I think mm. is there anything that stands out as helping you kind of change your mindset on that because no doubt it needs a change to get you to the to competing at the strength level that you're at and the consistency yeah. magnifies is there anything that you can kind of identify as being a key part of that yeah so basically from going from that competition I did a couple more competitions that I did really well at and I I actually, within six months of starting training, I did the England's qualifiers and I qualified, but I really hurt my back. Right. So I got a bulging disc in my back and I really hurt myself. And that was kind of a wake-up call for me because I was uh, unable at that point to kind of compete or do anything. And um, it made me realise that because I, I had sort of short windows to training, I was doing too much and overtraining and sometimes we don't see that until something goes wrong so I had quite a gap away from strong woman while I was recovering and when I had recovered it wasn't long after that that I met Rob and he was kind of the turning point for me whereas he's been there and done it and he's really mentally strong and he taught me about mindset and about that self-belief and for me if it wasn't for him coming into my life at that point not only supporting us as a family but as an athlete I wouldn't be where I am now that's awesome that really yeah that, yeah. yeah that's awesome and, I, and I, I love the fact that because I mean I've not met Rob but I know he's you know he understands strength sports doesn't he yeah definitely like he's he has always trained and lifted and things like that and I'm I'm going back like he's done it for 30 odd years you know before he did that he was he was boxing and stuff like that so he's always had his hand in sort of strength sports in that way um but he's you know he's done crazy things like he's been with Ed for all his records and been there you know his corner guy same with Bish um so I, I'm so lucky that I, I get him every session to do all that for me because <laughs> he's just he's just like a fountain of knowledge but he he's very good with me because he I'm very like a visual learner and if you gave me a textbook to read, then it wouldn't go in my head, but he kind of drip feeds things. And I think for me, for the first year of me training with him, that was very much like a back to basics, let's fix form and and, and go from there. And, and it was definitely a light bulb moment for me because I was because I was like we were talking about early before we came on. It's all right telling someone how to do something, but it's the reason why we do it, you know. And and he's taught me that. 
Well, they call it sod's law, but that was a courier just coming at the door right in the middle of the podcast. So DPD and ever on time, but thank you for being on time on this occasion. Um, Katie, what's next for you? So what does this year look like? What does the next couple of years look like kind of in sport and outside as well? That'd be quite cool to know. Yeah. Um, so this year so far, I've got UK's Strongest Woman in May, which um it's a huge step up for me because I've got like the likes of Donna Moore and Rebecca Roberts and Lucy uh are gonna be there and obviously I was on sort of uh Lucy's tails last year uh coming second to her in the comps which let's face it it's like coming first isn't it when you come second behind Lucy because she's just like phenomenal so yeah so stepping up um with uh with those girls because they're like the world's strongest women are that's just crazy so I'm really excited for the challenge because I've never competed with Donna or, or Rebecca um sorry I have competed with Rebecca at my first Brits um but they're going from strength to strength and when I first started I uh, I remember looking for Donna and following her on Instagram and all I wanted to be was like her, like I wanted to be world's strongest woman. Do you know what I mean? And now we're friends and she's so lovely. Um, so it's a bit surreal in that way, but I think it's a natural step for me as well. Um, so I qualified for that when I came second at England's last year with at Glenn's comp. So that's nice that I've had kind of a nice off season and um, kind of starting to build up now and should be ready to go then. And then thinking of August I've got Brits and then I'm thinking I'm going to do the OSG online qualifier yeah and I've not done that before or even planned to go to Worlds because I'm quite aware of how strong I am and I I don't think I'm strong enough for Worlds okay some people disagree with me some people probably agree with me um but it it's a big step for me for Worlds, not only sort of as an athlete, but sort of financially uh, with obviously the family uh, and things like that. And potentially we were looking at setting a date for our wedding the end of this year. So we've got that to think about. Um, so it's do I upset my mum and push it back another year, the wedding? and go to worlds or do we do it the other way around so it's it's all kind of up in the air at the minute I think for me I'm going to see how I progress with everything this year but potentially world's potential wedding so we're not <laughs> that's definitely it's definitely a strong woman uh, issue isn't it so. <laughs> I mean I mean it's I'm, I'm one you know I don't know your mum right but I would say, obviously, it's your wedding. Now, you know that. You know that. Yeah. Um, but there's all these things coming to play, don't there? And I was just hoping you were going to, you know, you were going to tell us that there'd be, um, like, the world's first wedding at the end of a farmer's walk or something. You know, like... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the thing. If, um, like, we cannot wait to get married. But just because... You know what it's like once competition season starts, it gets crazy busy and I'm possibly like the worst bride to be because I haven't sorted anything out. Like my mum keeps saying to me, do you know what dress you're wearing? And I'm like, 
well we're gonna have to find what's gonna fit my back in for a start like yeah. I don't even know that's gonna happen but <laughs> so yeah so she's she's not like um um sort of pushy or anything with it she just she's been waiting a long time for it bless her so she just she just wants I think she just wants the occasion especially the kind of after covid and everything so whereas we can't wait but also I'm a little bit obsessed with lifting weight so that kind of that's my priority at the minute yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm just trying to think of when you said about trying to fit, a, you know, try to get a dress that's going to fit my back in. I mean, that literally is that's a weightlifting problem, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because definitely. your proportions, um, proportions must be crazy because, you know, when when you think about, we were talking earlier about being in an open weight category and, and, and yeah. you know, being heavier, being bigger in terms of more of a massive person, then it, it does bring these issues, doesn't it? Because it's not necessarily in the proportions that somebody that doesn't lift weights would be in. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? It really makes sense. No, like th- there's nothing worse than trying to go shopping <laughs> and absolutely nothing fitting you. And it's not because you're super fat or anything like that. It's like, like you've just got loads of mass in areas where n- normal people don't have it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's just crazy. I, I've got to a point where I kind of walk around my own legs, like the, you know, but it's, it's bad problems to have. Like, you know, come summertime, I'm going to be sulking, but right now I'm embracing the chunk. So it's all right. <laughs> embracing the chunk. Well, I'll tell you what, you do some work with Silverback, don't you? Is that, is that your athlete t-shirt, embracing the chunk? Oh, that should be it, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you, I mean one of the biggest questions that we're all kind of waiting to hear? Did you get the thigh gap? Is that still a girl? You're joking, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when I think back to like what I used to think I wanted, it was just crazy. Yeah? yeah, like I I was that person going, well, if I could just lose weight and turn up. Now, if someone says to me they want to lose weight and turn up, I'm a little bit sick in my mouth. Like, no, you don't want to do that. No, <laughs> let's let's train properly and like you know, let's work on sort of you as a person rather than let's don't dictate how you feel by what the scales say. Yes, and isn't it magical when somebody has that light bulb moment? Like you've probably felt at some point, and, and I've definitely felt when you realise that if you get your body to do the things you want it to do, it will look the way it needs to look. So it's yes. over, yes. over form being a priority, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not to say that I haven't had, like, bumps in the road. So over sort of five years, I've roughly gained 20 to 25 kilos. But in that time, I've kind of dropped down and gone like back up again and things like that um and it's sometimes it's been a rough road because I you still at the back of your head you kind of have that thing where you know you doubt yourself society's sort of perceptions of how you should look um and then quickly followed by no I don't need to do that I'm 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 happy in what I'm doing It, it, it is a struggle and I do get on that struggle bus sometimes with it so I wouldn't, I would never say to somebody that, 
you know, um, just to kind of embrace it and and you should always feel happy I think it's okay to have your ups and downs because every year that I do this for I change a little bit more and and that's you'll never stay the same when you do this you'll always look a little bit different you know I've I've been having major issues with this second chin that's appeared in sort of the last six months but we you know it's I think it's staying around so we're uh, we're dealing with it but I think as long as I'm doing what I'm doing to the best of my ability, I'm healthy, you know, I'm fit, I can still move at this weight. Uh, and I'm not uh, one of these people to, to eat excessive amounts of calories and things like that. I get asked that quite a lot online, actually. Right. How many calories do you eat mm. a day? And I don't track my food but because I, I roughly eat the same things. I know where I'm sitting. Uh, but I work on sort of an 80-20 split. So 80% of the time I eat really good food that I've cooked and prepared. And then 20% of the time, you know, I'll eat what I want to eat. You know, I, I won't be that person that will cut out food and things. But I also don't overeat. I, I'm kind of a small portions regularly rather than big meals and stuff. So... But yeah, weight weight still seems to be a big stigma online. Have you found that? Yeah, huge, huge. And I think, you know, it's difficult because for some, you know, we, we come down to that lovely word, that BMI, right? And, you know, BMI, body mass index, has its purpose within, you know, like anything within certain criteria. So if you are an average person doing the average amount of exercise, et cetera, you know, BMI, it can be fairly effective. It can be a good indicator, but it never takes into account and because it, it depends on weight as well. That's its main factor, isn't it? And it never takes into account extra muscle from people that train an over average amount of time. It, it doesn't, it doesn't really give any indication for the, for the rest of us, what's healthy and, and what isn't. And weight isn't the be all and end all. I like to think about it quite simply. Now, I started my fitness journey at 18 stone. So it was about 114 kilos. I was unhappy. I had no shape. I was still six foot three, you know, about 21. And I got myself down to 95 kilos, 15 and a half stone. And I thought, oh, I've got abs. I've got abs. I'm never getting rid of these. I was, I was that guy that was looking under the duvet going, they're still there every morning. And I was like, I'm never getting rid of these. I'm happy. Now I was, I was being obsessive then. And you don't have to, you, you know, you have to be consistent and it's not always an issue, but I was, I recognized that I was being obsessive then about the wrong thing about having abs and, and being, and being the lightest I was now flip that to now. So, I mean, we're talking about 10 years, 15 years, whatever, but I'm sat at 135. My heaviest for comp was 143 last year. Now for me, that was too heavy. I had too much on the front. My deadlift was affected by that. So I had to yeah. change my stance with that and, and you know, that really affected, but only until I started doing strongman and it was about what I could achieve rather than what I looked like and what the scale said, you know, you start yeah. playing with that and weight can still be a factor, but actually it's just another number. And, you know, yeah, point, isn't it? definitely. I think, I think as a, this sport definitely takes off that pressure of, uh, for us, 
not for these people in weight category. Unless you're a weighted athlete. <laughs> but open weights, and I think obviously, like sort of your novice and intermediates and things like that. I think people that do strong man, strong woman, we're we're all a little bit of misfits. And I think that kind of brings us together. If there's one thing you can go to, say for instance, like the Giants Live at the weekend, and you look at the fan base, and there is literally everybody and anybody at these shows and when we go to competitions like all the girls that are in the under 82s not one of them looked alike all in the under 73s all different tall short bigger thinner so that shows you that's a really clear indicator that we are our people's perception of how much you weigh shouldn't ever be a factor in how you feel about yourself because my weight and somebody else like I have a lot of guys that like um a sort of under 20 under 120 kilos and they look ginormous compared to me when in reality I'm closer to their weight than the girls in the under 82s but I look more like the girls in the under 82s in a way do you know what I mean so it's how you carry yourself um but I think once you let go of that pressure that we put on ourselves about weight like you said, you can concentrate on what your body is able to do. And if you go with how you feel, like you said, you felt a little bit heavy. So not last year, the year before I went up to 110 and I felt heavy. So we made a plan to kind of slowly bring that back down. And then as I competed again last year, it's kind of crept up a little bit, but excuse me, it hasn't, um, I don't feel heavy now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I feel fine. I think you've got to give yourself time to grow into things, get used to, like, carrying your body weight and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that would be my message to people starting out. Like, see your food as fuel, you know. Don't see it as, you know, um, going to train to out-train a bad diet. If you eat well and fuel your sessions, then you you're going to enjoy yourself, but also get the most out of your body. Yeah. I love that. That's a really, really cool message. Um, and I think some of the things that you've, you've shared today have shown that, you know, strong man slash strong woman. I don't know. Are we ever going to settle on a full name for that? Or, you know, we're just, I gonna... don't know. It's all like, sometimes when you say strong man, you, you like to see the women go. <laughs> And it's like, it's all right, we're good. It just covers us. Strong people. Strong people. Yeah. Strong and strong. Yeah. I have a, I have a, one at PTs in gym. He comes in and he always says, hello, big people, when he sees me and Rob. That works. Stick with big people. I love that. It's fine. I mean, that I think you've just described, when you describe the, the competitions, when, you know, when look at stuff like Giants Live or, or anything, and I've been to a couple yeah. of live shows, it really does just in compass the the feeling of it's that well you said it you said it misfits but it's yeah there is no one stereotype because it's funny because you think of world's strongest man and to anyone that's not within the sport that doesn't kind of follow it properly somebody that knows of it they might have watched it on channel five for the last 20 years whatever you know it's big big guys it's huge humongous people that you would you know you would never see in daily life that can do these incredible things and actually now that we've kind of when you get into it you see that world's level giants 
yeah, and that's you know that's that's the idea, isn't it? But the, there are some lighter athletes coming through now that can compete at those levels, which is really cool. Yeah. And then it's almost as if when you're coming down, you know, to UKs and Brits, and then then England's and and whatnot at the country level, and then you're almost able to see that kind of step up in progression, not only in potential size of people, but that potential strength as well, because it's yeah, you know, but it kind of blows all societal pressures out of the window because I I think it was me and Lauren went to um, Britain's Strongest Man in well, when was it now a couple of years ago in Sheffield um, and mm. did the meet and greet and we met Tom Stoltman Luke now most people see me as a big guy being six foot three I carry the weight quite well I can I can cover and I don't look out of proportion so for my kind of body dysmorphia whatever it's it's okay and i found round ways around that but you stand next to someone like tom stoltman i felt like i was a borrower yeah but then you stand next to someone like bish and bish just looks like a normal person he's big he's strong but he's you know he's not he's not this humongous giant and it's just so interesting to see so crazy to see people of different shapes and sizes because it all depends on their ability and that's all it depends on definitely yeah it does like you've got like the likes of Novikov you know yeah. he I think he was the, he was the lightest at Worlds wasn't he last year yeah. and um yeah crazy crazy strong but they're they're like people like that have done it I think he's done it since he's like 15 year old 16 year old like Rob remembers him being um doing like the like the 105 under 105s and stuff like that and even then he could see like the potential in him you know some people are born to do it but then you've got people like me who come from a very uh, like you know not your stereotypical sort of background kind of proving people wrong and you know it's not always about sort of genetics and you know and sort of the the upbringing you've had I think it's it's definitely about the work that you put in and the passion that you can have for it you know I think I'll say to anyone that starts out just when you start getting that little bit of progress it lights that fire and as long as you kind of set yourself little goals along the way and you can keep ticking them off you'll soon get to a point and you'll look back and go wow I've done that I've achieved this and nobody can give you that that is that anyone who does this sport will know what I'm talking about when you reach a point that you didn't think you were going to get to it's nobody can give you it money can't buy that kind of feeling of, uh, of achievement no it's just hard work isn't it it is yeah a lot of hard work uh, but then I think to myself I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't do this you know, I, I, I've kind of, you dedicate so much of your time to it that honestly, if someone said to me, like, you can't go to the gym, I'd be like, well, what's the point? You know, it's well, it's kind of, it's, it's part while, of, well, yeah, well, you should have seen the state of my living room that turned into a gym, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that being the point in case, isn't it? It's you're living, you're living for what you want to do now. And then actually, if something happened, which we're never guaranteed stuff isn't going to happen, but if something happened that meant you couldn't do it, you would cope with it there and then. Yeah. You know, you'd cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah. Uh, 
definitely well the uh, when we was in lockdown uh we got a load of stuff out of our gym and turned the living room around and that was a uh, homeschooling three boys is enough to make make anybody crazy um so that was definitely by me doing that in the afternoon not only kept me sort of sane but it kept my my foot in the door so then when we did come out of lockdown and competitions were up I was ready to go I didn't need much of a peak uh because I just kept ticking over um but yeah it's definitely um sort of me and Rob always see it as therapy like we we go to the gym and we do what we do and it it definitely it, it settles me you know like um I suffer sometimes not so much anymore but I, I can have bouts of anxiety and things like that and it when I go and train my mind just switches I'm just I'm a different person mm. and um yeah it's like it's just me me against the weights kind of thing and you, it sounds really cheesy but I just completely switch off you know I'm focused on what I'm doing um and if if I can't get to the gym for whatever reason it's I don't get anxiety because of that but also I don't I've, it's actually now I feel like I'm not doing enough do you know like mm. um so that's that comes back to what we said previously about me feeling productive I've always had it you know if you ever have like a lazy afternoon and like you go oh, we're now we're gonna have, have a rest day put Netflix on or whatever and chill like I start getting fidgety like oh, I'll just go check if there's any washing that he's doing <laughs> just do the same thing I do the same yeah. I can't profess to probably do as much as you do, but I do I do the same thing. You get fidgety because it's, and I, I don't know whether it's that drive to always be doing something to progress. Yeah. Or, you know, but yeah, I, I bet that resonates with a lot of people. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. I did want to ask you if there was, so obviously you've got strength. So we'll kind of possibly remove that from the equation. I like to ask because I'm obsessed with superheroes. If you could have any superhero power or create a new one that we haven't seen before, what would it be and what would you use it for? So if I was going to be any superhero, and I know it's probably cliche and you'd have had it, but I absolutely can resonate with the Hulk because I've got a really short temper and I have been known to, in the past, flip my lid over silly little things because I'm one of those people that, you know, like you let things slide, you know, you know, like really mundane things like people leaving socks on the floor next to the wash basket anyone who's got kids will know what I'm on about or husbands that are lazy and um yeah so I can very much resonate with the Hulk because I can let things go and let things go and then yeah if if something doesn't quite go my way I've uh I can go very green very fast and <laughs> lose my shit <laughs> but, that, but that's what the training session is for, right? Surely that's a good outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I should have one of those dash cams the opposite way around in my car, I think, when you see me with my road rage head on. That'd be funny. Oh, my God. Maybe maybe that's a YouTube series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Not think... that's the Hall buying a tank. <laughs> Just a YouTube <laughs> series on how angry you get. I know, yeah, definitely. We um yeah, it's a good job I've got Rob really because he's like he's he's my yin to my yang kind of thing because right. he's super. If he was any more laid back, he'd be like laid down. Uh yeah, he's Mister Calm, don't react, and I'm like blowing my top. So yeah, yeah, but you need that. 
you need that. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's a really good mix. And clearly it's a good mix because, you know, you want yeah. to get married and everything. And I kind of wish you all the best for that. Um, oh, thank you. If anybody wants to follow you, follow your escapades on Instagram and stuff or whatever, what's the best place to kind of find you? Uh, so what is it called on, on Instagram? Is it your tag? Yeah. It's katie.strongwoman. So you can come on there and have a look. I post regularly training videos, bits and pieces up there. Uh, and also my inbox is always open to anybody who, you know, I'm happy to help people, you know, because I in kind of the situation we're in at the minute, I know that things are expensive. People can't always prioritize sort of coaches and things like that. And I always like to give back because I've been there as a complete novice and stuff. So uh, yeah, anyone needing any sort of help on deadlifts or anything like that, farm check, I'm happy to help. Wonderful. Just people, if you're gonna message, don't let her do all this stuff for free. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, just comes, it just comes with having a kind heart it does come yeah it does yeah i'm definitely like the world's worst businesswoman yeah but i think sometimes like my session ends up being like an extra 40 minutes when you know because people the people regularly see me in the gym and they'll go oh do you mind just having a look at this i'm like yeah of course i am I'm totally forgetting that i've got like six more sets of deadlifts myself to do and then you get chatting and then one thing leads to another and i'm like oh i best like get back to what i'm doing that's me all over yeah. lose about four hours of my life in the gym from and i've seen it in work as well i've seen it i've seen it happen i've seen you do it and i felt yeah. it as well so thank you thank you for that time you spent and i think overall i think it just proves that no matter how big strong tattooed in rob's case you know yeah look they can be some of the friendliest people in the world especially if they've got a log or a deadlift or something like that in their hand um because you know it's just it's a great sport with a great community isn't it Thank you very much for your time today, Katie. I do appreciate it. Definitely. No, thank you so much for having me on. It's been brilliant. Good. Well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. And guys, don't forget to listen to, this is episode 70, so there's 69 wonderful episodes before. You can get them all from the link on Instagram, which is there, uh, which has been there for the whole entirety of this, which is at I'm doing it for.me. And until next time, stay super.